Good morning. Thanks, guys. I'm feeling the love already. Hi, babe. So I know you're good because I could hear you this morning. You are incredible. You sounded beautiful. The sound of worship. And I think my favorite part was when we finished, not because we finished, when we finished, you guys just cheered on Jesus. Like it wasn't like a, this is a token. Yeah. This was a, we are here, Jesus. And then I don't know if Matt could hear it because he got us to do it again, but you did it the second time with even more enthusiasm and more love. And I just love when those sorts of things happen because you know that God is really in the room because we are responding to him. So this morning, that's not what I'm talking about. And I'm even going to do something else that is not what I'm talking about, but I'm all about doing what I think God's asked me to do. So um, I have a couple of words for people this morning that God's just given me while we've been in worship. And what I love about the prophetic is that it raises our expectation because we sit there going, oh my God, am I going to get a word too? And we start to get really excited. But what that does is it starts to open your heart to receive because you get excited for the person next to you who God is speaking to. And you know that if he's speaking to them, he's speaking to you. Even if the person at the front or whatever next to you, doesn't turn around to you and says, hey, this is what God is saying to you right now, you can still tap in and go, God, you're speaking in this room, and if I open my heart, I know that you'll say something to me. So I'm just going to um, give these two words out, and I've asked these people if it's okay so they're not freaking out or anything. So I'm going to give a word to Steph. So this morning when Steph walked in, I was kind of like, I just kind of turned over my shoulder and saw her there and saw that she wasn't sitting with anyone. So I kind of said, come sit with me. And she's like, okay. So she came and sat with me. And as I brought her over, the Holy Spirit showed me that what I did was a prophetic act. And this is why. Because God is stepping you forward into position with him. Okay? You may have shied back in the past, but he's calling you forward. And God has his God spotlight on you. Okay, and you might not like the spotlight, but God has his God spotlight on you. Okay, it's not something to be feared. It's something to actually be excited about. And you have something to offer by being you. God only wants you to be uniquely you. And he wants you to find your own expression of living worship to him. It isn't and doesn't have to look like anybody else's. That as you spend time with him, you're going to find an expression that is uniquely you. But the way that you're going to serve him is going to be uniquely you as well. So I know that that doesn't give you specifics, but it means that you need to spend time with him to find out what that means. So that's for you. And then Amanda, I have a word for you. So it's like, go chicks today. So Amanda, um, just as we were, were finishing worship there, I just heard the Lord say that he's releasing the spirit of a lioness upon you. And so I looked that up because I don't know what that is. And this is what it is. So the lioness has been revered since ancient times. She epitomizes the divine female energy. So, hey, we know God is male and female. You know, God, is, God has all the parts and you are going to epitomize the divine female energy. So um, it is you, uh, the lioness embodies creativity, imagination, originality, vision, inspiration, and resourcefulness. So I believe God is releasing that upon you. Okay, so do it, Lord. Do it for these awesome women. And do it for us because you are speaking to all of us. All right, cool. I think we're ready to go. 
All right, so I'm starting today with a disclaimer. So if you don't like what I say, it's okay. So I'm telling you up front, I'm starting with a disclaimer. I have thrown out the preaching handbook today. Like you go through Bible college and you learn the this and the that and the methods and the formula. And guys, I tried. Believe me, I wrestled for three weeks to get this into the formula and it didn't work. And so you're not going to get a formula. It might come out in so much me that you're trying to work out which bit was Jesus and which bit was me, but just journey with me today. I believe you guys trust me enough and I trust God enough that he knows what he's doing. Um, So we are just going to kind of jump right in. And as I said at the start, uh, my job is simply to say to you what I think he's saying to me for all of us. Um, And he's been speaking to me for three weeks about this. So um, we're just going to kind of jump in. So today we're talking about faith, identity and authority. Now they're three separate concepts, but I believe that when they're connected, they are the key to life in Jesus. So I believe we would have a few Christians here today, some Christ followers, right? If you are a Christ follower, that's your goal, right? To live a life modelled after Jesus. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. But some people here might just be checking Jesus out and they're like, I don't know what this whole Christian gig's about, so I'm just going to come along and find a bit out today. You know, some people could be your first time here. Some of you may not have any idea what I'm actually saying right now, but I just promise if you buckle up for the ride, you're going to hear some really amazing truth that can impact your life if you choose to apply it. So I believe Holy Spirit's already here, so I'm just going to pretty quickly say, God, keep having your way. God, use the words that I speak, God, to just... Um, transcend human understanding and go straight to the heart because Lord I know that you rocked my heart when you spoke to me so I just pray that for every person in the sound of my voice God that you rock their heart and that you just absolutely move and have your way and God they'll even hear things that I never said because the Holy Spirit will be speaking in Jesus name amen. amen amen all right so faith identity and authority As I said, three separate concepts, but when we connect them together, I believe they're the key to living a life modelled after Jesus. What I'm going to talk about today is simply this. Faith in my identity unlocks my authority. And I'm going to hinge that on the words of Jesus in John 8, 14, where Jesus says, I know where I came from and where I am going. Now, the other thing I have to tell you is, I'm not really that qualified to talk to you about this. (laughs) Have I always got things right in my life? No. Am I always winning at life? Absolutely no. Um, I don't want you to think for a minute that I always kind of have it all together because I really don't. Um, And what I think is that there are times for me that when I start to think about this that I know I get this very, very wrong. There are times where I forget who I am. There are times where I forget whose I am. And after a few days of thinking like that, I start to feel really snowed under and really quite defeated. And I feel pretty powerless to change myself, my situation or anything around me when I get into this mode of thinking. There are even times when I question if my faith is real enough or strong enough Now, that's not that am I questioning, is God real or do I have faith in God? It's just, is my faith enough to move a mountain? Is my faith enough to see a miracle? Is my faith enough to see situations changed? Can anyone here relate to those kind of patterns of thinking today? Right. 
So straight up, I hope I'm not wrecking my street cred with you. <laughs> then they're like, oh my gosh, I thought she was perfect. No, sorry, I am not. But you know, we all share absolutely common experiences. No matter your age or your stage of life, none of us are immune to life's problems. You know, and, and the way we deal with them rightly or wrongly, we all share those common experiences. So today when we talk about the faith, identity and authority connection, what I want you to do is just open your heart and just let the words of Jesus in. Let him just bring revelation to you. And um, I think that if you do, you're going to experience a shift and you'll experience a strengthening in your resolve to decide how you're going to think, how you're going to feel and, and what the faith, identity, authority connection can do in your life. So if you ever feel like you've missed it, if you ever feel like you've missed up, if you ever have felt like the pieces in your life just aren't adding up together in living your life, or if you're on the journey of following Jesus, if the pieces haven't added up in the journey of walking towards him, if you're wondering who Jesus is and what all this has to do with you, this message is for you today. So I think I've said this message is for all of us, yeah? Well, I'm sure we've all felt like this at some stage. So we're going to talk about Faith in my identity unlocks my authority. And of course, if we want to unpack these concepts, we have to know what each of them mean. So faith is complete belief, trust, and loyalty. Identity is who you are, how you think about yourself, and how the world views you. And authority is official permission or delegated power and rights. Now, In order to make it personal and see how those things apply to me, I think there's three questions that every one of us in this room needs to answer today. And they are simply, what do I believe? Who am I? And what power have I been given? So we're going to start with what do I believe? You know, everybody believes something. Even if you believe nothing, you still believe something. You have enough faith that you're going to have enough air to take your next breath, right? And your next breath. You have enough faith that tomorrow morning the sun's going to rise again. But what about a deeper faith? What about something bigger than yourself? Now, some people believe in other people. They might hinge their faith on family. They might hinge it on sport or their career. They might hold those other things up as their God. Some people think the answer is within. You know, I I just think that whatever you choose to believe today, you have to know what it is you believe. Next is identity. Who am I? You know, it doesn't take very long when you start scrolling through your social media feed, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever you fancy, and you start to see all these self-empowerment, all these mantras, all of these great memes about who you are and what you can do. You know, I think that for the most part, we are one of the most self-actualized, self-empowering, but totally unconfident cultures that has probably ever walked. We tell ourselves all these things, but we don't believe in any of it. Makes us feel good for a second, but there's no faith behind those statements. You know, so I think the more valid question is, whose am I? Because, you know, here at MCC, we know that when we start with Jesus as the source, that we will discover who we really are. And we are sons and daughters of God. We are God's most special treasure. Every single person that ever has been, 
that is presently and that ever will be has been created by God. They are his image bearers. We reflect him. You know, for God, he already sees that. He sees us, but he sees him. God looks in the mirror and sees us, and he looks at us and he sees him. But Earthside for us, that's really hazy because you know why? Life. We forget who we reflect. We forget who God sees when he sees us. But we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We were planned before the foundation of the world and destiny and purpose is over every single person in this room today. We have a life designed for us that is bigger than, who, than anything we can imagine. So when we know whose we are, we know who we are. See, I am Rosemary Lord. I am the mother of Chloe and Olivia, who are so intently listening over there. I mean, I'm the wife of Timothy Lord. I am the daughter of Sebastian and Carmel Sortino. I am the granddaughter of Antonio and Philomena and Rosa and Giuseppe. You see, you could sit here for the next few hours and I can recount to you my entire genealogy and end up somewhere where Adam and Eve is because we all end up there. We all end up where God started creating humanity. We all end up there. So why am I going on and on and on and on and on about this? Well, firstly, this is an area of passion for me, but it's true. I'm going on and on about this because it's true. When we live like it's true, we live different. You know, you don't need to be confused about who you are and whose you are. Just like you can trace back your physical lineage, you should be able to trace back your, 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 your own real source lineage and kind of go, hang on, I know whose I am. And if I can connect to that source, then I will have life to the fullest. If I can connect to that source, I will never have to question who I am because I know whose I am. And the third one's authority. What power have I been given? So we all have power of choice and free will in our lives. Now, I know in some countries there's things that happen like war and government and those kinds of things, and that can suppress people's choice and free will. But right here today in Australia, in this very room, you have the power of choice and free will. You know, for some people, that's enough in their life. They get by with just that level of authority and and, and that's it. But you know what? Authority is, we we read it before, official permission and delegated rights. You have been given official permission and delegated power from heaven. Did Did you know that? It's official permission. God has given it to us. You know, when Jesus tells us to do something, it's not in our own power he ever expects us to do it. Probably because we could never actually do it (laughs) in our own power. But he's given us power and authority. God has a very simple chain of command. God has all power and authority. God gave it to Jesus and Jesus gave it to us. It's a very simple chain of command. And it's not ours to misuse. It's not to go, Holy Spirit, what are this week's lotto numbers? I want to be a billionaire. It's not for that. It's not to kind of go, oh, you know, I would like to be great and wonderful, so I'm going to use all the power God's given me to do that. It's not to do that. The power he's given us is to affect lasting and eternal change in our lives, in atmospheres, in relationships, in cities, in workplaces, in schools, in communities. He has given us the power to move mountains. He has given us power to calm storms. And if we dare believe it, he's given us power to walk on water. Anything he has done... He said we could do. But do we believe who he is, who he says we are and whose we are? 
because that will determine the level to which the authority is unlocked. You see, you don't need to earn the authority. You don't need to try and get it from him. He has given it to us. But the application of our faith in who he is and in who he says we are will determine the level to which we can exercise that authority. That is the faith, identity, authority connection. You cannot have one today without the other. Because if you have faith in God but don't know who you are, then you really don't know who God is. But if you walk around thinking you know who you are but don't acknowledge the source of your existence, you really don't know who you are. And if you walk around using power that is borrowed, it isn't really given to you because you don't know yet who you are and whose you are, then it just doesn't work. See, it's a bit like having Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all good things work in threes. Yeah? It's faith, identity, authority. It all works in threes. So as I'm speaking today, just think about these three questions and start to answer them for yourselves because you making a connection with anything I say is going to be much more impacting for you than just listening to anything I have to say. So start to think about these three questions for yourself. So faith in my identity unlocks my authority. We talked about the very start how the goal of, of a Christian is to be more like Jesus, right? So I think that there is absolutely only one place we can go to to find an example about this. Anyone know where I'm heading? Jesus. Of course you knew where I was heading. Jesus is our example. Jesus had faith in his identity that unlocked his authority. If he didn't, he never would have made it to earth. And I think that we forget Jesus had to have faith. You see, Jesus came to earth as a man. Although he was the image of the invisible God, he came as a man and he had to have some of the constraints of humanity. Otherwise, he never could have said that he is our high priest who understands everything that we go through. Because if God just made everything absolutely easy for Jesus, he wouldn't be an example we can relate to. Okay, So he had to believe. He had to have faith. And so I think that today we're going to have a little look at the life of Jesus and we're going to get around to the words that he spoke in John 8 as, as I lead into and we're going to look at Jesus' faith, identity and authority. So you still good? Yeah. Still with me? Very good. All right, so faith. Jesus had unswerving faith in the Father and in who the Father is and in what the Father was able to do. He knew that the Father would always hear him and do whatever Jesus asked in the Father's name. Uh, Just so you know I'm not making it up, you will find it in some of these verses if you want to look them up later. We know that it, it tells us explicitly that Jesus trusted the Father and trusted him with his own life. Identity. Jesus knew who he was because he knew whose he was. He said many times, I and the Father are one. I came from the Father. I am in the Father and he is in me. I mean, I've put it in John because I like to read John a lot, so I found it all in John, but it's through many of the Gospels. You can have a look and you'll see Jesus says this multiple times. The Father himself confirms Jesus' identity publicly. And this is one, I think, like, you know, there's stories where there's so many layers to a story. This is just one layer that I'll share with you in this story. So 
God throughout history, before Jesus is ever born, tells people that there's going to be a Messiah. There is going to be a king. And we hear all the prophets talk about the guy who's going to come and he's going to save us all, right? And then it kind of, just before Jesus is kind of born, we know that he sends angels to announce to Mary that she's going to have a son. And he starts to kind of publicly, sort of publicly declare who Jesus is going to be, right? And, and that he's coming. But then we have Jesus on earth and Jesus is growing up as a boy and then he hits 30 years old and at the same time that coincides roughly with Jesus turning 30, his cousin John the Baptist is causing a stir in Judea and he's starting to baptise people saying, get ready, we need to repent, the Saviour's on the way, we need to turn away, turn away from lives of sin and start to live lives after God. And Jesus rocks up ready to be baptised. And Jesus goes in the water, a little bit similar to what we do here, comes out, except I'm yet to see this done here. It'll be cool if it happens on the first. As he comes up, it's like the heavens roll back, the sky opens up, and there's a voice that says, This is my son, whom I love, and with whom I am well pleased. God probably sounds a lot more masculine than I do. But heaven opens a voice comes out and Jesus doesn't just hear it, but everyone around had to have heard it for it to have been recorded like this, right? God publicly declares who his son is. He, 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 he gives him that, that he reaffirms his identity. He reaffirms his authority. And what does that do? That moment launches Jesus into his authority because after that, he's led into the wilderness. He fasts for 40 days and nights and he goes head to head with the devil who tries to tempt him and every answer he gives, the word of God. And then after that, he decides it's miracle time, goes to a wedding. We sang about it this morning, water into wine. It all starts to happen after that. Now, one thing you have to understand about Jesus is Jesus was not an A-list celebrity. Nobody rolled out a red carpet for him. The guy was, people were trying to kill him everywhere he went. He was living life like a nomadic rebel. He was on the go constantly and people were after him all of the time. So you read half the Bible and Jesus slips away quickly so that no one can grab him. Okay, so it's not like he's like, I'm walking in my authority, y'all can't touch me. It's not like that at all. Jesus is walking in his authority, but he totally understands that there is a time and a purpose and he knows that he won't die before that. But he, just trust me, I know where I'm going with this. (laughs) This is what happens when you go off your notes. He knew who he was because he knew whose he was because God spoke it out from heaven. I think that if you had to do what Jesus did, you would need a voice from heaven so that you knew that you were sure that you were on purpose and doing the right things. Now, I don't know if God's ever going to do that again. I don't know if he's ever going to just roll back heaven and go, Tal, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. And we're all going to be like, wow, did you hear that? I don't know if he's ever going to do that again. But that same voice of God is the same thing that resounds inside you the minute you say yes to Jesus. And the minute he says, I love you and I am well pleased with you. He doesn't just say that when you cross from earth to eternity. He says that every day over us every day over us. So that moment launched Jesus into his authority. And so now we're going to talk about authority. Jesus knew that the Father had given all authority to him and that all he did and said was first because he saw the Father do it. 
So Jesus says these things in the Bible. I do nothing of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does it. All authority in heaven has been given to me, and the Father has given all things into the, hand, the, son of the, the hands of the Son. He's given all things to the Son. And Jesus knew where his authority came from. So this brings us back to, just pulling it back in, faith in my identity unlocks my authority. And the words of Jesus in John eight fourteen. So we're going to have a little look. If you have your Bible, great. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. And I am reading from the Passion Translation. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of context in this story. Some of you may know the story. Jesus has just um, been involved in a potential public stoning when some of the religious leaders bring him a woman caught in the act of adultery. Now, that on its own is a whole other story, like who's watching to catch somebody? But anyway, okay, they bring him this woman and they say, the law says that she must be stoned. What are you going to do about it? And he says, okay, well, anyone who hasn't sinned or done anything wrong, knock yourself out, go for your life. So progressively... Each one leaves the scene from the oldest going down to the youngest. And he says to her, woman, where are your accusers? And she says, there's none, Lord. She recognized who he was. There's none, Lord. He said, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. Just in that little story, he's already showing faith, identity and authority, isn't he? Just in that bit that prefaces what we're about to get into. He's showing, yes, you can eat your snack, darling, it's good. Um, He's showing, yes, um, I, I know who I am and I have authority on earth to forgive sins and to set you into a new life so that you can now walk in what God has for you, right? So that happens. And immediately after he says it, while the religious leaders and everyone who doesn't like him is still around, Jesus decides to throw another spanner in the works. And this is what he says. I am the light to the world and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light. And they will never walk in darkness. And the Pharisees were immediately offended. And they said, you're just boasting about yourself. Since we only have your word on this, it makes your testimony invalid. And Jesus responded, just because I'm the one making these claims doesn't mean they're invalid. For I absolutely know who I am, where I've come from, and where I'm going. But you Pharisees have no idea about what I'm saying. For you've set yourselves up as judges of others based on outward appearances, but I certainly never judge others in that way. For I discern the truth, and I am not alone in my judgments, for the Father and I have the same understanding in all things, and he has sent me to you. It is written in the law of Moses that the testimony of two men is trustworthy. Then what I say about who I am is true. For I am not alone in my testimony. My father is the other witness, and we testify together of the truth. Then they asked, just who is this father of yours? Where is he? Jesus answered, you wouldn't ask that question if you knew who I am, who I am or who my father is. For if you knew me too, you would recognize my father too. And Jesus taught all these things while standing in the treasure room of the temple. And no one dared arrest him, for it wasn't yet his time to surrender to men. So there he is having this conversation with the Pharisees. And what we can see from this story is that there's two main sets of characters. There is Jesus, and then there is 
the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, right? You have one who knows who he is and whose he is, where he came from and where he is going. Then you have the other ones, the other ones who know a version of their identity, okay? They have added rules and traditions and other things around the story of who they are. And because of this, their authority is given to them by men, not by God. They serve tradition and people instead of their maker. But the crazy thing is they just don't see it. They're convinced that Jesus is wrong and they are right. Jesus gives testimony of who he is and of whose he is and of his destiny and his authority. He does this many times in scripture. But what I love about this story, I'm sorry that the next slide's a bit small, so don't worry about it. What I love about this story is that it gives us a glimpse with such beautiful starkness of the contrast, okay? We've got the one who is, you know, this is who I am. This is who God is. God doesn't judge. God loves. And this, this is God embodied. And then you've got the others who are less concerned with the truth and more concerned with trying to catch him out, yeah? Instead of letting their hearts be changed by the truth. And this poses a really important question for us, guys. Who are we in this story? Now, are we like Jesus? Are we convinced of who we are and whose we are? Are we unafraid to say the truth about who we are? Are we able to call others up in love and lead by our example and show them who they really are too? Are we like Jesus? Or can we relate a little more to the Pharisees that maybe we have a version of our faith, we have a version of our identity, we have a version of our authority but it's not the right version that God wants for us. So are we, instead of allowing our hearts to be changed by the truth when we meet Jesus, are we just trying to find the loopholes? Are we just trying to go, no, surely that's not what God says or what he means? Now, I'm not saying this to absolutely judge because I'll put my hand up first and go, yeah, at some point I've been the Pharisee in this story, for sure. At some point, I've forgotten God's the ones in control and I think, hey, it all depends on me and if I don't get the job done, it ain't going to get done, right? Times that I probably thought I knew better for me than God did. There are times when I might have come to God begging for stuff or wishing for stuff, but that's not how God works or who God is. That's me putting my own traditions and me putting my own rules and, and formulas around who God is and what I think he will or won't do for me. You know, so... This story is simply to say we are way too loved by God, way too valued and too important to believe a lesser version of ourselves. We have to believe who we really are and we have to believe whose we really are because if we don't, we are missing out. You deserve everything he has for you and then some. You do because he said you do. You know, if we don't engage with the truth, we miss, we miss it. So we're going to bring it back down to us now. Are we all still good out there? Good, 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 good. All right. I'm going to bring it back to us. So those three questions that we posed earlier, what do I believe, who am I, and what power have I been given? We're going to bring that into context now with everything we've been talking about. And I'm sorry that this is just a little, I thought the black would contrast better, but oh well. What do I believe? We are invited to have faith in the Father through the Son. So no matter what you believe today, no matter who you believe today, no matter what you believed yesterday, right now in this room, the invitation for every single person is to have faith in the Father through the Son. Who am I? I am created by God. 
I am his image bearer. I am his son or his daughter. He calls me his own and he brings me into his family. That is who you are today. You are, you are his. He made you. He is your source. He created you. He, he, man, he, he dreamed about you before the foundation of the earth. He loves us so much. What power have I been given? Well, you've been given all authority. No, just a little. All. All authority through faith in the Son to do everything Jesus did and more. See how it all connects? It's, you, get the, you get the authority through faith. You, get, you increase in faith by knowing who he is. You know more about who he is. You know more about who you are. And that leads you to unlock your authority. You cannot have one without the other today. Just really quickly, I just want to talk about what can get in the way of our connection. Well, did you know that faith, identity and authority, as well as being great things, can also be what gets in the way of your connection? With faith, if we don't know Jesus yet, or if we think we know Jesus, but we don't really do, if we know a version of Jesus, but not really who he is, then that is going to be a stumbling block to us actually walking in faith and, and having real faith. And, and I'll say this. If you've ever met Jesus, you'd know. You don't forget him. You'd know if you'd met him. So if today you are unsure of that issue of faith for yourself, don't leave until you've settled it. Don't leave until you know who you believe in. Your identity. If you are living under a lie, if you are living under shame, if you are living under guilt... If you are living under condemnation, if you are living under things that you have told yourself about yourself that are not true, if you are living under things that others have said about you that are not true, then you are living in the wrong version of your identity today. And it is time to step out of that version of your identity and find out who God says you are. And your authority. If you are operating in a borrowed authority, a counterfeit authority, of trying to do it yourself or thinking that it's him doing it, but really it's you haven't allowed God to do the things he needs to do. You know, if, if your faith is lacking or strength in, your, in strength in believing in your identity is lacking, we, you could try to create the influence you want and you can try to create the change you want, but it's never going to be real authority. Remember, you've been given the authority. You don't need to earn it. You don't need to create it. You need to have the faith to apply what you've been given. Okay, So to be who he's called us to be, to inherit his power and his promises and to do the greater works and to do all he said he would do, we need to make sure that we're resting in his authority, not our own. And I believe today God wants to minister in those areas. He wants to get your identity settled. He wants to get your issues of faith settled and he wants to get your authority settled. So I'm going to tell you what you need to do with everything you've heard today. And then we're going to give Jesus a few minutes to do anything else he wants to do. All right? So what do you do with what you've heard? Okay. It's really simple. Get to know who God is. It's, it's really simple. And I'm going to give you three quick ways on how you can do that. But get to know who he is. If you want to know more about faith, you want to know more about your identity, and you want to increase in your authority, get to know who God is. The first thing is presence. Be with the person of Jesus. You know, I read a quote earlier this week from C.S. Lewis, and it said that Jesus is the word of God. If you want to know the word of God, spend time with Jesus. He is the word. Now, the Bible 
does not discount what the Bible is. The Bible is amazing. And when you have an amazing teacher and when you have the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you're going to get a truckload out of the Bible. But you want to know who I am? Don't read a book about me. Come and live in my house for a week. You'll really know who I am after that. But you want to know who he is? Spend time with him. Don't just read about him. Spend time with him. Okay? Read the I am statements of Jesus in the Bible. So the Gospel of John. Tim asked us a few weeks ago to have a look through it. I encourage you again, if you're going to read any of them, read that one because it's my favorite. So just read it. Okay? It is so good. It is so good. But Jesus makes seven crazy statements. He says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. You want to know who he is? Read those statements and you will find out who he is. The other one is as you read the Bible, find yourself in the story. Who can you relate to? Are you you the sick person who comes needing healing? Are you the one who comes to him in the night going, who are you? Are you really real? Are you the one who needs forgiveness because the world's turned their back on them? Who are you and who can you relate to in these stories? Then hear what he says to them because that's what he'll be saying to you. Okay, find him, find him, find him. All right. So I'm just going to pray for all of us. And then after I do, I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Matt. But I just today, those three areas of faith, identity and authority. And when Matt asks people to come up, if you would like prayer for anything, come Don't wait for someone else to go because you're scared to be the first person up. In fact, while I am praying for the group, if you want to come, just come because God doesn't have a line system in heaven. It's just come. All right. So if you want to close your eyes, close your eyes. If you don't, don't. I'm just going to pray for all of us. Um, And these, I penned these words when I was spending time with the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of a declaration over us this morning. So I'm just going to read it over us. And God, I just thank you for what you're doing in in this place today. I thank you for what you're doing in us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you haven't finished yet, that you're still moving. And we invite you to come and move. And God, I just read these words over your people. I am who I am because I know whose I am. He is my righteousness. He is my strong right hand. I do not live in fear because he is perfect love. I do not live under lies, because he alone is truth. I do not live in shame, because he has set me free. I do not live under sin, no, I have been redeemed. I know who I am, because I know whose I am. I am all he is, he is alive in me. Everything and nothing less, I in him and he in me. God, I just thank you that every person today will have that be personal, what it means for us to be in you and you to be in us. Holy Spirit, I just invite you now to just start to move in people's hearts. I thank you, Holy Spirit, now that that as you're moving, God, it is loving and it is gentle. God, you don't move in a way that makes us ever feel shame or guilt. God, you move in a way that makes us feel loved and draws us into your embrace. God, I thank you that every person here today 
would just know they are loved by you and that you invite them in. In Jesus' name, amen. In John chapter 8, verse 31, 32, it says... um,